Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Hello and welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm your host, Big Jace, joined as always by my man Jared Jones and Joe Aguirre. We got a jam-packed show. We're taught, we're recapping all the fights from last week, previewing the ones coming up, and we got a bunch of current events and a great who you got, so stay tuned for that. But let's dive in to the recap as Uriah Hall retires Anderson Silva via a fourth-round TKO. Jared, what do you think of this fight? Uh, this is this is what we feared for Silva. This is what we thought was going to happen. This was everybody's prediction. And this is the fear. You're just further destroying the legacy of what could have been one of the greatest fighters of all time and absolutely was in our Mount Rushmore conversation. Yeah. Um, it's, it's devastating to me. It reminds me a little bit of Roy Jones. And this Uriah Hall kid, on the other hand, this 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 guy's dangerous to anybody in that division. You, this is a guy you better pack a lunch for. He can be knocked out. He can be beaten by decision. But he's explosive enough to be dangerous to anybody in that division. Yeah, Uriah Hall is at times a humid highlight reel. But then a lot of the times he's just a human. It's a great win for him. I cried at the end. Uh, I got to tell you, Dana White announcing Anderson Silva wouldn't make a, another fight in the UFC. Not the way anyone wanted to see the spider go out. And I wish that this, that ending, that beautiful, I wish he would have done that with Israel Adesanya. And we wouldn't have had to watch the spider. Again, for me, this is, this is a, about as tarnished a legacy as you can get at the end. This has been horrible. Um, but look, Hall's got a clear path to the title now that the airbenders moving up to light heavyweight. So I think this is a, a great week for Hall. He gets a huge win. Adesanya's out of the division. Seems like the stars are aligning. Uh, maybe Yoel Romero. Uh, I know there's been talk with these two. I think that would be a great fight. Although there's talk also about, uh, the soldier of God moving on up a division. So we'll see what happens there, but. Uh, maybe the other big match would be him in uh, Jacare Souza, who has a, a fight coming up with Marvin uh, Vittori. Uh, these guys had a fight schedule last April. Uh, Hall and Souza, uh, uh, Souza ended up catching uh, COVID, and they never ended up making the fight back up. So uh, I think that could be a good one of this division. I don't know that Hall's ready to 
hit anybody too high up. I still think he needs another win to, to, to show because, again, I I love this guy, but I think he's inconsistent. Yeah, wildly, wildly, and that's kind of what I'm saying. He's dangerous to anybody in the division. I don't rank him in those top five, six, seven guys, but I think he's dangerous to each and every one of them. He definitely is. Correct. It, it, that this fight really shows it. Like the first couple rounds, it, it was pretty close between them. But then once he figured stuff out, once he got his stuff together, and he said, "I'm I'm just gonna finish this fight," he finished it. And he definitely does need like maybe a Jacare, maybe someone else before that. I would love to see him versus Cannoneer. Uh, I think Cannoneer would win that fight. But just like Styles make fights both stylistically match up very, very well. So I'd love to see that. Uh, but but he definitely has some work to do. Every time he gets a win, it feels like he takes a couple steps backwards. And I do want to see Hall challenge for the belt. I want to see him at the top of this division because he definitely has that inside of him. But like you said, Joe, he is very inconsistent. I think a, li a little winning streak right now for him catch a couple decent names get a little winning streak going he could get he can get himself there especially especially with some knockout wins some some sure. exciting you know some of the big uh spinning kicks give us a give us one of those against somebody good and watch how quick uh, yeah. that you're you're in the title fight yes 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 and we shall see i'm excited to see what's coming up for hall but now let's get into boxing as the IBF and WBA bantamweight champion retains his belts as he knocks out Jason Maloney in the seventh round. What are your thoughts, Jared? This kid is, uh, you know, I watch him fight and I think about what I said about Elliot on the pound for pound list. You know, could 12 of these little guys, could 12 babies take on Tyson Fury? I mean, he's a biter. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> when you, <t> when <laughs> you talk about a pound for pound list, this guy is so fast, so strong and so skilled that you picture him 30 pounds bigger fighting Bud Crawford and go, yeah, why, why is he not winning that fight? If he's 260 tight fighting Tyson, yeah, why not? Why not? I think two of him beat Tyson Fury. Sure. <laughs> you know, so. So when you talk about the pound for pound great list, this guy, uh, he's got to be in the conversation. He's, I, I admittedly a couple of weeks ago said I didn't know enough about uh, his, the goat in a way, but uh, yeah, in a way that you know the smaller weight classes don't get the recognition they deserve, but this guy definitely, definitely deserves some recognition. I thought you had him on your list. Um, yeah, we well, he was an honorable mention last week, but three weeks ago when his name came up, I said, I haven't seen enough of his, I don't know enough about the guy to really make the argument. But yeah, he is quickly becoming uh, my favorite small fighter for sure. Yeah, uh, I had the monster like you sort of right, right off the list. Now that I've seen this, uh, went back a little more, little more watching on how he, how we got to where we got, and I got to tell you, you know the 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 double jab with the power. I mean, this guy, precision boxer with extreme knockout power. He's elite. This is an elite boxer. This is you know you mentioned Bud Crawford, Canelo. I mean, this guy's like this guy's the real deal. 
people got to know more about this guy. I, I think it's a shame he's not a bigger name in the sport, but uh, there is a fight that I think could could be a big one for him, uh, and it's against WBO bantamweight champion John Real Casamero. What do you think of that? Uh, these guys also had this fight was supposed to be uh, uh, happened back in April. COVID didn't happen, hasn't been rescheduled. I think that's a, a fight the fans might want to see. Again, I think for these young guys, and you know, I know we're going to talk about uh, Tank Davis in a hot minute. Uh, it's time to really start proving it. Yeah, you got to start beating names. You know, you beat a couple shop worn guys. We're like, all right, yeah, that's pretty good. But but now you got to start beating your peers. And you can't dodge your peers. So I think things could start to get interesting. No, yeah, you're right. I, I like that Casamero fight. That'd be great. The one thing, like, we, we, we spoke about not knowing enough about this guy. I remember bringing this guy up uh, in a, a past episode as a fight to look out for because it wasn't on TV. You couldn't watch it unless you lived in Japan. So... The, the, I like how ESPN's bringing him over. I like this. If you do make that that super fight with Casamero, I, I'm in. That will just bring more eyes, more viewers to this. And the, this guy is the cream of the crop when it comes to the little guys in, in, in boxing. And this dude, he has that power. He's knocking people out. That isn't something we see at these lower weight classes. And this guy's for real. And – we need to see, and more people need to be watching him. Uh, I mean, Lomachenko just lost. Now now this is the guy I'm pushing. People need to be watching him fight because he's that good. But uh, you, you mentioned it, Joe. Yeah. You know, when you, when you talk about those smaller guys, I mean, in, in IU, uh, I, li- I favor him against anybody else in that division. Um, and I, I agree with you that I, I mean, especially to, in the, in the case of tank Davis, he fought a tough guy here, but, uh, but let me, let me just give you a list of names, Emmanuel Augustus, Diego Corrales, Carlos Hernandez, Jesus Chavez, Jose Luis Castillo and Jose Luis Castillo. Now we talk a lot about Floyd Mayweather cherry picking his fights. But those are the guys he fought by the time he was Tank Davis's age. He had already fought Emmanuel Augustus, Davis Corrales, Carlos Hernandez, Jesus Chavez, and Jose Luis Castillo twice and won all those fights. So talk about needing to step up. Davis has got to do something. Hell yeah. And uh, and, and IU, I feel like he's fighting some of the best guys in the division. And uh, I'm not ready to put him on that list of, of like, cherry-picking just yet. But, uh, yeah, I want to see you consistently against the best guys in the division. Okay, and let's talk about it. Gervonta Davis knocks out Leo Santa Cruz with a devastating uppercut in the sixth round. Jared, you picked Santa Cruz to win this fight. You thought Tank wasn't ready. Is Tank legit in your eyes after this fight? My boy got starched. Oh, my God. And, hey, to be fair, I said, um, I said, uh, Maidana and Broner. Now, Cruz was Mm -hmm. moving a little bit more than Maidana did. But the first six rounds, right up until 
he was separated from his consciousness, Cruz was out boxing this guy. This is an above average boxer. This isn't one of the elite guys, but he's an above average boxer and he was out boxing Davis by a lot. And Davis fell into a trap of believing he was going to knock the guy out with one punch. It's the same trap that George Foreman fell into with Michael Moore. And he landed that punch in the last round of the fight and ended up knocking him out, became the oldest guy to win the heavyweight champion. But that's what you had here is a guy that started headhunting, a guy that realized I can't box on the level that this guy's boxing. And every round I'm getting more and more excited. And I was reminded, even though my guy lost, I was reminded of why we love boxing. Because at any moment, it's not the interception return for the touchdown. It's the split second. Lights out, shows over, you were winning. He was dominating most of those rounds. Starched, iron board, lights out, shows over. Everybody go home. <laughs> and Davis, I get the infatuation with him, but he's going to have to figure out. There's, there's guys with chins you just can't do that to. We talked about the Korean zombie two weeks ago. There's guys with chins that just that that almost never happens to. Marquez knocked out Pacquiao with a but Pacquiao's taken a lot of other punches. There are guys with chins where that's not going to happen and Davis is going to have to step up his boxing game if he's going to continue to win. That being said, very impressive. Is he an, an elite fighter? No, I, I stand by that. No, and I think Santa Cruz was proving a lot of what I said. I said Davis was going to be exposed by Santa Cruz. The blueprint was going to be drawn. I think I was right about those things, even though I got the winner wrong. Uh, yeah, so I'll say Tank Davis is legit, uh, but definitely needs another fight. Somebody like Santa Cruz, uh, like you said, Jared, he's not ready for elite fighters. Uh, impressive knockout, yes, but a Bud Crawford, a Canelo, a Loma, anybody of that ilk, uh, the way he wound Roasted. that left up, I would have to say that these elite fighters stuff that with a counter, or they 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 duck that, and you're not you're Loma not landing it three or four times while that one's on his way. You might as oh. well send him a text message and an email and tell him that punch is coming because there's no way. Everybody was freaking out about the punch. And all I could think was, I mean, he like shuffled his feet and took a step when he threw it with everything he had. And I thought, you're not hitting any of the top guys with that. There's no way you're landing that. No way. Unless, so, unless, so unless, legit unless then, your Joe? trainer drugged them before the fight, you would have no <laughs> chance otherwise. How is it? How is he in a, how is he a legitimate elite fighter? How is he legitimate? You said this guy's legitimate. If these are the guys he's fighting and he's not going to land that punch on other guys and Santa Cruz is outboxing him, and at this point in Floyd's career, a legitimate guy, you had Corrales, Castillo, Castillo, that, uh, Augustus, that list I just made. He's not fighting those guys and he's already being exposed. How, like... No, fair fair point. Fair point. I mean, I think he's legit in the second tier. Okay. I think he's got I mean, that's why I say he's gotta find somebody, you know, look, Ryan Garcia called him out. That that might be a good fight. Uh Garcia's got Luke Campbell December twelfth. So this this could line up uh really well for these two guys to to get that fight on. 
I think he needs a step down. He needs to like prove himself here before we bring him here. But do I think he can get there? I do. I think he's got the skill, wow. but he's got he's gonna have to look, he's not a great boxer, but then again, Does a lot of guys have... aren't great boxers. All right, so here's my question. Does Gervonta Davis have the mental capacity to make the adjustment boxing-wise that you're talking about? We're going to touch on Deontay Wilder losing his mind later, yeah. but let's talk about whether this guy thinks that punch will land against anyone, whether he abandoned all his other boxing skills on a hunt for that one punch and was lucky enough to land it. But then doesn't this come down to Floyd having a sit down and being like, bro, this, that was, no. everybody loved it, but that's not, that's not how this is going to work. He is, he does not have the capacity to make the adjustment you're suggesting. I don't think he does. Well, you're talking, you mentioned Korean zombie and how if he faces someone who has a tough chin, it's going to be rough. But who's not to say he has the Deontay Wilder power at this weight class? Who's Fury not to say up. that? You're right. And Fury is the elite of the elite at that division. Now, will a Loma get up? Yes, maybe. Will a Tiafimo Lopez get up? I don't know. I don't think you land that punch on those guys. As Joe was saying, Ryan Garcia, too. I don't think you... I don't think that punch lands. And especially as severely as Santa Cruz was out boxing him. I mean, are you guys touching on that? Do you agree that he was yes, being outclassed oh, by totally. a boxer? Totally, but uh, this is this is here's why I think he's legit. Because I mean, look, again, Santa Cruz is an, an elite fighter, but he's a pretty good fighter. He's a respectable name. And again, the knockout put it your your uh 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 Chris was one of the many people that lit up my Facebook page with, with the knockout. I mean, people were, I mean, I get it, right? Great knockout. And the more I looked at it, the more and I, I talked to my brother and I was like, I don't feel like that lands on a lot of guys. Um, I agree. You know, dude, that's like, that's like three steps to dunk. You know what I mean? It's like, well, but can you dunk with two steps? Two steps is a real dunk. I mean, just he he threw a great punch and he landed it. And I and again, he was definitely not winning that fight. And no, I don't think I don't think that he thinks that he's got to change his game. I'm sure he doesn't think that. Exactly. But well, Wilder, when you only have one way to win a fight, you're in a world of trouble. Yes. Big time. If you if you're relying on on your knockout power, I mean, right? Foreman did it. Wilder did it. Uh, people have done it. It's my, Mike Tyson did it. Yeah. And eventually, you're eventually, nice. yeah. you're gonna you're gonna run into a problem with that. That's why you you, you know you know. And there yep. we go. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for the recap of last week's fights. Let's get into some current events. Starting off with a hot topic, brand spanking new, Canelo Alvarez is now boxing's biggest free agent after uh, coming to a disagreement with Golden Boy and DAZN. The lawsuit's still uh, out, but they have released him. So where do you see Canelo landing, Jared? 
Um, I, 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 it's, it's hard for me because I want him to fight Turbiev. If he doesn't fight Turbiev, I don't feel like he's doing any justice to the game. I feel like he went up to light heavyweight. He had a decent fight with an aged Kovalev and then ran from him. Um, that being said, uh, the other stuff who he's, who he's signed with, who he's doing it um, very clearly, <clears throat> make sure everybody can hear me. I don't care. I, don't, I really don't care who he fights next. Okay. What he's done in the ring. Okay. All the rest of this. Come on, man. Silliness. I don't care. There's some great news, I think, that comes out of this. Now he never has to fight Triple G again. <laughs> we can finally put it to rest. Okay. Yeah. Um, Move on from and, that. Yeah, and get back to cherry-picking opponents of choice and, uh, you know, write out a really good career, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and Jared, you, you talk about you don't care. You just care who he fights next. This has a big determination. The big fights, to, if he decides to go with PBC in Showtime, he's going to be fighting one of the Charlo brothers. That, that That's just the next fight logically to make. And then if he goes to ESPN, there's your guy, Baturbiev. He might stay at light heavyweight and take on those guys. So so it does have a lot to to. to, to it has a lot to for show me, who's going to fight next. For me, that's like that's it's political, though. Yeah, you're right. And just like and just like bigger politics, you know, I understand that my vote is one thing out of 150 million every four years. So I don't have like this huge effect on it. So I'm not going to put a lot of my energy into it. I enjoy sports and boxing and watching Canelo Alvarez fight. So I'll invest my energy there. But the politics of where he lands and what channel he signs and who, what what number my box says when I put it on my TV, <laughs> I don't care. The whole point of the zone deal was Triple G. Uh, he's not gonna. He doesn't want to fight anybody good. He he wants Rocky Fielding and guys like that. This is this is the Mayweather way. That's what they're doing. Uh, Become a superstar and then don't fight anybody. Yeah. All right. That, that's the plan. It's a shame, but you know, again, I think that's why I think that's why these young up and coming guys are the future of boxing. Yeah. It, they're gonna hide behind each other, though. It's gonna be a problem. But I, I think there's I think there's enough of them that I think it's gonna be hard for them to all avoid each other. So I think you're gonna start getting some good fights here. But but but, but. It's just a, it's just such an awful trend for the fans because you don't really have to even, it used a few years ago when Floyd did it, he fought his way to the top and then he started cherry picking. And a lot of other guys, you talk about cherry pick fight, like you say, you fight your way to the top. These guys nowadays are fighting their way almost to the top. They're getting close to the top. They're getting in the top 20 and then riding out subpar careers against subpar opposition. And one of the most, I, I got I to gotta read this quote, one of the most frustrating boxing things for me this week. Uh, quote by Anthony Joshua, fighting for the WBC title would be an honor. It's a prestigious belt. 
It's the one I'm keen on getting my hands on. What kind of fighter says something like that? You know, of these seven belts, does Rocky Fielding have any of them? Do, like, you, you want... <laughs> I don't want to fight my way to the top. I want a belt that makes me feel like a champion, and then I want winnable fights. And that sucks for for fight fans, especially when you're not casual fight fans, you know, when you appreciate the artistry here. I want to see you do what we pay you to do, and you're not going to do it. A quote like that tells me you are not going to do it. Floyd ruined it for the next generation, plain and simple. And if you look at the UFC, why is UFC so successful? You cannot dodge people in the UFC. Everybody fights everybody. Everybody loses fights in the UFC except for Khabib. And that's just the way it goes. It's the way it goes. It's the commission. They've got a commission. So it's not ESPN versus DAZN versus all of these little, you know, Spectrum and Charter and ironing out all your little lines. It's not like that. They've got one thing and then one dude can say that guy's supposed to fight that guy. Yeah, and that's how it should be. We need a commission for boxing, that yeah. where you can do that. Because otherwise, I mean, everybody's going to do what's in their best interest. That's how we're wired. We're going to do what keeps us safe, and then we're going to try to do what's Maslow's hierarchy. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're going to do yeah. them in that order as we get them. Yeah, you're right, Joe. You brought up like UFC fighters don't have; uh, they always have a loss, and and you're right. They they learn how to deal with that loss. Now, someone who does not know how to deal with the loss is Deontay Wilder. (laughs) The Bible tells us that silence is golden. But my ears can still hear and my eyes can still see. The Bible also tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. You see, what you don't understand, thief, what you did is what my people deal with all the time. Someone cheating them from providing their greatness into the world. But it's a burden that we cut off only to make us stronger. I saw in the first fight where Ricky Haddon was pulling down your gloves to put your fist in the improper position. Y'all, y'all tried the same method the second time, but this time you scratched flesh out of my ears, which caused my ears to bleed. It's impossible for a brand new 10 ounce glove to bend, to keep a smushed in form, or to have loose space. I highly believe you put something hard in your glove. Something the size and the shape of an egg weight. Here's the reason why the side of my face swelled up in an egg weight form. And it left a dent in my face as well. <laughs> but in the midst of it all, you still couldn't keep this king down. You would have had to kill me. In the end, it took a crab in a bucket referee and a disloyal trainer to throw the towel in just to stop me. Proverbs the sixth chapter 30, 31st says, Excuses may be found from a thief who steals because he is starving. But if he is caught, he will have to pay back seven times what he stole, even if he had to sell everything in his house and payback is coming.
What the actual hell is this dude talking about? Dude, you knock people out and you get knocked out once and you're crying. Oh my gosh, he has stuff in his glove. He's just better than you. You've oh my- been better than 40 other people. You are he's just better than you. Accept it. Don't don't put on a tinfoil hat. Don't say the elections rigged. Don't say the earth is flat. <laughs> you lost. Accept it. Move on. I think we should at least touch on the possibility that the Biden crime family had something to do with Deontay Wilder's loss. <laughs> uh, the creepy jilted lover video uh, is was an interesting take. Having rabbit for dinner. It's in the oven. Um, <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, Teofimo Lopez, who became a a household name like two weeks ago, uh, called Deontay Wilder, the former heavyweight champion of the world, a, quote, bitch ass. Sounds about right. Yeah, this is sad. This is really sad for Deontay Wilder. Um, If the glove, Jared, if the glove's in the improper position, wouldn't I break my hand? Um, there's, it seems like there's a lot of things that would go wrong if you had an egg weight. If I was to use an egg weight, I'd rather have it inside my hand than right, outside not outside. Hand. Yeah, because I'm thinking every time I punch your face, that egg weight, and I mean my my hand would be destroyed. I would no, think when that fight was over. It doesn't um, make sense. Also, I, I think Mark Breland should sue. Deontay Wilder for slander because to make the suggestion that not only and this is you know you sort of alluded to uh, our present situation here in America the idea that the two sides would be conspiring together really takes it over the top so Mark Breland drugged you even though nothing showed up in the in the drug analysis. Um, you had an autopsy, he claims, which is what dead people have. I assume he's talking about his spirit. Um, the, 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 the dent on his head was from getting his brains kicked in by Tyson Fury, the better boxer, the stronger boxer, and the only sane person in that ring apparently that evening and you know tyson himself has has had bouts with with mental illness yes, sir. is you know jared and i sort of hit on this the other night we were talking about it it's a little different you're talking about depression depression could be crippling i don't know what's happening with deontay wilder i don't know if he's high out of his mind and that's where this is coming from or if he's really in that ronda rousey like my world is over box where everybody's out to get me blah 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 this is the only way i could have lost let me explain to you what happened because uh, otherwise i win everything and you and you touched on tyson fury and i get that's different and uh andy ruiz you know getting a blown up head or having depression those are a little bit different than what we're seeing here um but the similarity is and I think social media plays a big part of this now nowadays, you know, where people get, and you also mentioned Ronda Rousey, all five of the names I had on tap, except for Ruiz came out of you. They get, you get so big and so much larger than life. 
You know, you hear your supporters. We've de- Social media, excuse me as I go on my rant now, social media has kind of destroyed the scientific method because we don't come up with a guess and then go looking for information and then support or not support our guess. We make a determination first and then we find stuff that supports it. And with the way information flies around today, that doesn't have to be true or false. We find it every time we go in there looking for that. We find it. So the scientific method has kind of gone to. So you hear these things. You believe these things. You've knocked out 47, 48 guys in a row. You're the heavyweight champion. You believe that you're unbeatable. Even when a guy outpointed you and you only had one way to win and you brought that one way, he rose from the dead and you ended up with a draw. So you took a rematch because this time you're going to catch him. You were convinced, still with that zero in the loss column, that you were the greatest and you were going to win no matter what. Like Ronda Rousey, psychotic, running into a boxing match with Holly Holm and believing she could win it when she had other ways out. What kind of psychosis do you run into when everybody around you is a yes man and you're the greatest in the world? Andy Ruiz was a victim of it. Tyson Fury's been a victim of it. Now we're seeing Deontay Wilder be a victim of it. Ronda Rousey was a victim of it. Not that they are not to blame for their own demise. But if you're a young fighter in the world, listen to me very carefully. Do not believe your hype because it will destroy you as it did these four as the as it did these four champions the crazy thing is i mean right i mean most people who know boxing don't believe dante wilder can win a fight against tyson fury tyson's too big he's too strong and he's a much better boxer the only person on earth who doesn't believe that is dante wilder and it's sad. Mark Breland saved your life. Mark mm. Breland didn't want to mm. see the blood coming out of your ear to have your what's left of Damn. your brain to come pouring out behind it. He did mm. you a favor. Everybody knows that. And it's been one horrible, stupid excuse after another. You didn't need to you didn't need to get cheated to lose this fight. You had no chance. You foolishly didn't have a chance. From before you ever stepped into that ring, you didn't have a chance. No. And when and when you again and I, I when you hit somebody with your hardest punch and you drop them flat and they get up, they own you. Yeah. <laughs> a little piece I, of guys. <laughs> I said I said this is what I, I said to someone the other day. This is how I explained it. I was like, imagine you go to jail that first day, you go up to the biggest dude in there and you punch him right in the face. And he's like, oh, bitch, you're going to be here a long time. It's going to be a rough stay for you. Didn't do a thing. Um, That's what happened to Deontay Wilder. And he's having a really hard time dealing with that. Mm -hmm. But again, we talk about when you rely on knockout power, you're not going to be able to beat a boxer. You're just not going to be able to do it. My argument, my biggest problem with this, back into the psych, is that he, I, I would argue, these guys had just as much of a psychological issue before those losses as they did after. But when you're winning, nobody will tell you you've lost it. 
Deontay Wilder said things this crazy, but they didn't sound crazy because he was winning. I'm the master of the universe and I will destroy anything on the planet. Sounded about right a few years back. Now it sounds crazy. So, so I mean, when do we address that ahead of the curve? When does the UFC hire psychologists to start working with people? Not just people that lose fights, but people that win them too, because that can have just as significant an effect on your psychological uh, advancement. Do you remember when George Foreman literally walked off while being counted out and then walked away from the sport? I mean, just quit, just gave up and walked away and became a preacher, right? He found God and then thought to himself, how can I tell people to believe in themselves when I didn't believe in myself? And that's the reason why he got back in the ring. That's a, that's a I mean, it, 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 to this day, George Foreman is a really smart fella and, and a really sensible guy. But tears and, if you ask him about that day. Oh, sure. I'm sure it was the darkest time in his life. I can only imagine it was. And you're right. You know, there there should be people on hand to help you deal with a loss. I mean, uh, imagine, I mean, I, I would think, right, if you're an undefeated fighter and you lose for the first time, it, it's got to be the worst Oh I mean, when you talk about taking a loss, like you, you know, you lose a, a, a family member, like it's got to be that kind of like devastation. I've been fired from like pretty high profile jobs twice in my life. Um, I know what I know what it feels like to feel crushed. I've got a I've got a good one. If I were to try to liken it to something. Wow, this is so deep. <laughs> Here comes to waterworks, boys. He, it's it's like having your significant other leave you for somebody your height and weight that drives the same car you do and makes the same amount of money you do. He's exactly like you, except something. He was better that day. And that's it. because dealing with that person, like on a physical level, I brought all of me and he brought all of him. And the best version of me was not good enough today. Dude, that's crushing, humbling yeah. type of experience. When I say people come into scrub scraps and if it were up to me, everybody would go one and one in their first two fights because you need to hear people cheer for you and and believe in your in your strength and your and your ability and you also need to be to be humble you know and most of the people i get i say are bullies and victims the bullies need a loss and the victims need a win and their whole life will change based on that based on that one experience it's so humbling to realize that you're not because you have two choices get in touch with reality understand that he was a better guy that day move on and get better or Deontay Wilder meltdown those are your two choices when you lose your first fight and Deontay Wilder's gone off the deep end here and most of the rest of us there was a guy on um the contender I wish I could get his name Najee I think his name was um had invested so much into the contender series that when he lost his uh his semifinal fight he killed himself 
Um, when I say losing your first fight is devastating, I mean, it is an experience like no other. And that's, that's, you're sitting there saying, I can imagine. And I'm like, what did it feel like to put a one in the loss column and feel like somebody was better than me that day? He's in my weight class. I work hard at the gym. Like, what do I, what do I not have? I remember meeting Chad Dawson at the gym and I was like, oh my God, dude, 158 pounds left-handed. He's just going from amateur up to pro at the time. I'm so stoked to be in the same ring with this kid, to be doing workouts with this kid. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get right next to him. I'm going to eat what he eats. I'm going to breathe the air that he breathes next to him. I'm going to do everything he does. If I can't do it, I'm going to do the rest of them when I can breathe again. I'm going to do home, go home and finish the reps he did. I'm going to do everything that man does step for step, and I'm going to get to that level. And then John Scully brought us into the gym, and he dunked a basketball. Easy, like, shoop. There was, um, I'm going to just tell a really quick story. I'll make it short. There was um, King of the Ring boxing video game. And uh, my brother, Tony, who's a huge boxing fan, we both created a player. Uh, his guy was basically a knockoff of Rocky Marciano, who I believe is my brother's absolute favorite. Oh, yeah. we're, we're Italian, you know, so there's there and, and, and from the New York area. So there's just something special about the whole thing, I, I, I believe. But his guy finished the game a perfect 34-0 Hall of Fame. I created uh, a left-handed Jamaican with blonde dreadlocks, my record was like 34 and six because <laughs> I I didn't lose any fights, but I, I would a little dirty at times. I had some headbutts, and then it got to the point where there was a like a one headbutt and I, I would get disqualified. Anyway, our guys couldn't have been any any more different. And we finally one day decided in exhibition mode, let's pair these guys off. Let's see what happens. And my brother was, I mean, my brother's a bigger boxing guy than I am. And I'll, I'll admit that. I mean, he just is. And our dad came down to watch the fight. We're sitting there in front of the, right? These two guys come, they square off. Dun, 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 dun. I throw one punch. Boom. His guy's done. Dropped him. <laughs> Dropped him. One punch. Fight was over. Shocked. And I stood up. I dropped a controller. I put my hands up. And my brother attacked me. Uh, and fought me to the ground. <laughs> now, I didn't understand why my brother did that literally until I watched this Deontay Wilder fight. Mm. I now understand what happened that, in there. That yeah. moment of like the worst thing possible. My brother just just texted me, F you. Uh, <laughs> didn't want me to tell this story, I'm certain, but. Yes. It was, it, it just, again, I just thought of like the, the perfect guy against someone that you don't, I mean, look at Tyson Fury's great, but he's fat and oafy looking. Yeah. He doesn't look like a tough guy. He doesn't a look like a fighter. Player. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the guy you lost to. Like, ugh, him, just like <laughs> Joshua losing to Ruiz, you're, you know, and I was rooting for Ruiz the whole, I love the fat guys. I'm all yeah. about that, but. There's that some of that's got to be in your head. 
It's not just that I lost, but like I lost to that guy. Because again, Wilder thinks he's better than Fury. And I believed it before the first fight. I believed it. Mm, I was wrong. I, I, I will say, though, the problem, I I don't have a problem with this video as far as the mental aspect goes. Fighters in general, they, they always have something wrong with their head. Like, I mean, Oscar De La Hoya doing a bunch of cocaine and wearing women's lingerie to Mike Tyson buying a tiger and having a pet tiger and lion. The, stuff's always messed up for the fighters. The thing I don't like about this video is the loyalty. Mark Breland was a guy, you came into his gym in Alabama, and you 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 couldn't get a scholarship to play Alabama basketball. Cause, so you're all like, I need a way to make money. Mark Breland gave you that with boxing. And you go to the Olympics, you do, you do all this great stuff, and you come to this loss and you blame him for drugging you. It wasn't the fact that, hey, uh, I'm in the he, – he thought to himself, I'm in the ring and I'm getting tired because I'm being drugged. Not the fact that he had to make the walk with 40 pounds of Power Ranger gear because he wants to be so uh, – he wants to be a showman. He was tired because he got drugged. It wasn't the, the, the Power Ranger gear walking to the ring. He, he got drugged. Where is the loyalty? That's the real problem I have with Deontay Wilder here. The mental aspect, you're a fighter. You're messed up in the head. I get that. It's, but uh, the loyalty for someone who brought you from a poor family who couldn't go and do what he wanted to do in boxing to bring you to the heavyweight championship of the world and you you turn on him because you thought you were drugged? That, that's and you abandoned him for attempting to save your life. It is mind-boggling. You know, it's funny uh, to me how humor works because I feel like unless it's a really stupid joke, anything that's funny is going to have the potential to be offensive to somebody. And when you first opened, by the way, Jace, one of your that's, uh, that it's one of your greatest segues of all time into the Deontay Wilder. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just mention that. Um, <clears throat> but we were all laughing. And the longer we talk about this, the less laughs there are, the more yeah. somber it gets, because this is, you know, we were laughing. You said it's really sad. And it's like, yeah, I, I was thinking as we're laughing, this is just sad. I mean, we've made it. We found humor here. It's something we're good at. Part of why I love you guys. But uh, it's sad. And the longer you talk about it, the more uh, the more down, down the uh, tone's going to get. Because it's only funny for a minute. Yeah. Now you're making me feel even worse as I sit <laughs> here. And I'm th- reflecting and I'm thinking... Deontay Wilder is probably still sitting in that dark room. Mm. Yeah. Still... Wait till we get to the flurry, bro. Gear up. Oh, boy. <laughs> Put your Power <laughs> Ranger suit on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on from this dark moment, and let's get into a fight announcement. Dana White says in the press conference after uh, the Uriah Hall-Anderson Silva fight, he confirms that middleweight champ, Israel Stylebender Adesanya will move up to light heavyweight to challenge Jan Blakovic. What do you think of this fight, Jared? I I hope it works out for him. You know, I know uh, moving up weight classes can be tough. We just saw Loma 
who is still on all of our pound for pounds, at least a notable, uh, because yeah. he came up in weight class to fight a bigger guy. So um, I think Adesanya's taking that danger where your average fan sees a one in the loss column and just knows you lost and doesn't know all the intricacies of what's going on here. You're, I think Adesanya is a better fighter against a bigger guy. So we'll I'm, I'm anxious to find out. <laughs> I'm really excited about this fight, okay? But I, as, I, as I heard the announcement, I thought about uh, Jan's fight with Thiago Santos. The constant kicks and strikes. Uh, I mean, he just took it to the big pole all night long. And 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 uh, uh, you know, Jan's a great striker himself, a relentless attacker. I always say, but Santos overwhelmed him in the fight, caught him on the way in, and is is the only man ever to turn out the lights on Polish power in the UFC. But Santos is six two two oh five. Adesanya is six four one eighty five, and he needs to tack on at least ten to move up. I think he's going to need to put on a little bit more just, just so that he's not giving up too much to Jan. All I could say is I hope the extra weight doesn't make him vulnerable. I love Adesanya. Like you said, Jared, the better fighter here, clearly. Well, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say clearly again. I, I, I think that, uh, I think Jan's great. I mean, I, I, I love his method. I love his style. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he matches up with Israel Adesanya. Again, with the amazing kickboxing background of being such a great striker, it, it'll be interesting. I just, I, I, I wonder if Adesanya's got a, I don't know if Adesanya could knock him out, I think is my biggest concern. McGregor, Diaz, one. As much as I liked Diaz over McGregor and Diaz was able to win the fight, in the spots, the better puncher, the better athlete, this better skill set belonged to Conor McGregor in that fight. Um, I think that's what you have. And Conor moved up a weight class to fight Diaz. He was expected yep. to fight in a lower weight class. He came up a weight class to fight Diaz because uh, some Santos or somebody else missed. So he was already coming up one. Then he came up two. And you could tell, and he even said in the post-fight interview, those punches I landed, man, would have, I mean... That's flooring guys his size. He'd have floored a guy his size about 50 times in that fight with, with a punch. Um, and that's what I think you're going to end up with here. Adesanya outpointing him, outstriking him, the better athlete, better striker. And uh, I mean, but the bigger guy is just, there's a reason they have weight classes. Let's. I hope it works out for Adesanya. I'd love to see Adesanya win this fight. Last week, we were talking boxing. We talked about Usyk having moved up. Usyk only needed to add one pound to become a heavyweight, and instead he added 17. And the problem is he doesn't hit as hard. So, well, so the other problem is he's injured every two weeks. That, well, there, there's that His too, right? He isn't used to holding Correct. that weight. You can't just adjust with 15 more pounds. If I put 15 more pounds on... I'm a different, I'm a different person. My feet hurt, my back hurts. <laughs> Stuff isn't going right for me at 15 more pounds. And even I got real healthy and put on fire. I'm not supposed to hold that kind of weight on my frame. It's not going to support it, especially if I'm doing more active things like, you know, boxing professionally. No, yeah, you're right. This, this fight, though, it comes down to 
I'm very intrigued by this because this, I think, is going to be the determining factor of – we talked about it last week, how I didn't have Adesanya on my UFC pound for pound because I wanted to see him wrestling. Jan, he has the size advantage, but he also has a pretty good ground game. So I am interested to see if he can take Adesanya to the ground, how Adesanya uh, responds to that with the size advantage and also the, the skill advantage on the ground. So I'm very intrigued by that. I, I, I'm not I, I don't really like your comparison, Jared, between the McGregor and Nate Diaz, because majority of Nate Diaz's fights were at 155, even though he was fighting at 170. He's still a 155er, and the gap is bigger between 155 uh between Middleweight to like two or five, so sure. should be interesting. I, I'm interested to see this. We've been wanting Adesanya to move up, see how he looks. I think he'll be good. I'm just very, very intrigued with this fight, and I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah, good take, Jason. All right, now let's get in to the big discussion of today. Who you got? We did it last week with the UFC. Who's the greatest in the UFC? The Mount Rushmore. Now we got who is the greatest heavyweight boxing history? Who are your four faces on the Mount Rushmore? Time out. I have a question before we begin. Is this one list or is this two list? Because you say who are the greatest heavyweight boxers in history? My, I, I made a list of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And I also made a list of the four faces of Mount Rushmore because I think those are very different things. Okay, and only only Rushmore. one man is on both of my lists. Okay, interesting. Wow, that's interesting. Then why don't you start us off, Joe? Do you mind? Uh, the the greatest heavyweights of all time are Muhammad Ali, Rocky Marciano, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, and Vitali Klitschko. What? Okay, those are the greatest heavyweights of all time. Uh. Obviously, you're gonna you're not gonna dispute Muhammad Ali, I assume. So, I'll, no, you can have that one. Uh, Rocky Marciano. Uh, you can have that one. Thank you, Lennox Lewis. Oh, God. you want to go? Uh, 1988 Olympic gold medalist, knocked out Riddick Bowe, 41 and two, 32 knockouts, undisputed heavyweight champion, fourth longest combined uh, title reign of the division's history in eight years and five months. And you're, ta um, you're taking that over over uh, Marciano. No, 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 no. Not taking that over Marciano. I these these are all I have. I have a greatest heavyweights. My greatest heavyweights are one, two, three, four, five deep. Klitschko, Lewis, Holyfield, Marciano, Ali. Lewis, Klitschko, Klitschko. Holyfield. Yes, Klitschko, forty-five and two, forty-one knockouts. Oh. That's an eighty-seven percent knockout rate. Dr. Iron Fist, Klitschko, of course, comes with the fifth, fifth longest uh, reigning champion. Yeah. He's the only heavyweight champion to reign in three separate decades. He's one of only three champions who was never knocked down, only lost. Uh, and the only other heavyweight champion uh, besides uh, George Foreman to fight into his 40s uh, and defend a title. Uh, the only heavyweight champion to have never been behind on a scorecard. He only lost a couple of rounds in his entire career oh. along the lines of Khabib. I'll give um, you uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the real deal. Holyfield six, he, six, two and a half, <sighs> two Oh five to two fifteen. Slow down. Now a great, great, right. Great cruiserweight. 
this guy often when he got hold on (laughs) but when he got to heavyweight went toe-to-toe with guys 40 to 60 pounds heavier than him and he fought everybody in his division buster douglas riddick bow foreman holmes cooper mercer moore tyson he beat everybody he beat everybody dude he could pound with a little guy. He could pound with a big guy. Evander Holyfield. That's my list. That's my five. Five greatest heavyweights. Now, I'll tell you my Mount Rushmore because it's a different list. Okay. Muhammad Ali, for all the obvious reasons. Jack Dempsey, who is the Babe Ruth of boxing. Uh, when you talk about old-time boxers, people know who Jack Dempsey is. They don't know anybody else, right? Babe Ruth, Al Capone, Duke Ellington, Jack Dempsey. That's the roaring 20s. That's maybe the heyday of the sport. That's where it became sort of a national pastime. Joe Lewis, Max Schmeling, Joe Lewis with World War II in the background. I don't know if I need to say anything more than that. This is a black man in America, right, at a time where People had thoughts about stuff. So, Joe Lewis, too great not to be on my list. And then Mike Tyson, let's be honest. From 86 to 2000, Mike Tyson was boxing. The story of being adopted from Custom Motto. Guy had his own video game, man. Yeah. He had his own video game. He was boxing. He also changed the game. The, the Mayweathers of the world wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Mike, who, like you said, Jace introduced them to Tigers and Ferraris and breaking stuff and punching people you're not supposed to punch because you're not in the ring. The way he's endeared himself in the last 10 years where he's in some of our favorite cult classic movies like The Hangover, um, people love Mike Tyson. It's why we're going to watch Mike Tyson uh, in, in, a, in a fight uh, at, what is he, 58 years old or whatever. I mean, that's your Mount Rushmore of boxing. Again, who the greatest are and who the faces are to me are two different lists. Okay. I totally agree. Thank you. Um, And actually had some of that on my own. I put Joe Lewis on both lists. I assume you guys don't have any problem with that. No, none. I have Ali and Lewis on both lists. On my greatest boxer list, I have Rocky Marciano. Um, my Mount Rushmore was Ali, Lewis, John L. Sullivan, and Mike Tyson. Or excuse me, Jack Johnson. I have John L. Sullivan, Jack Johnson, Ali, and Lewis. And then greatest is Tyson Marciano, Ali, and Lewis. All right. So he moved, so Tyson moved... From your list being the Rushmore to my list being the greatest. See, my problem with Jack Dempsey, ferocious animal, uh, boxing first bad boy, if you will. Um, but he was contained by good boxers. He lost three times to Willie Meehan, and he lost twice Johnson. to Gene Tunney. Uh, yeah. Um, wait, who'd you say? Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack Johnson. Nope. I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. That's not Jack Dempsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you right on. Okay. Oh, Jack Johnson was a huge slave that they started fighting. It was the uh, one of the first African American heavyweight champions. Um, just a Rushmore type guy, you know. He he uh, broke the mold. 
and uh, the faces of a lot of people that uh, and then it turned into, well, there's got to be some white guy somewhere better than this dude. <laughs> so you're going far and wide trying to fight a find a white guy to beat the black guy to prove a point. And when you talk about the Mount Rushmore, I think the faces that changed the game. I mean, can you imagine what it must have been like to be that guy? This is one of the Jackie Robinsons of boxing was Jack Johnson. So, uh, so definitely it's one of those stories worth knowing, a la John Sullivan, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali. You should know the rest of those stories. Um, when you're talking about boxing, their stories worth knowing. All right, all right. I, I like that. I like both of your lists. I have the boom, the Zoomer list. Um, I, 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 just basic. Um, Muhammad Ali, easy. Pioneer created the mental aspect of the fight game, the talking trash. Mm-hmm. So obviously got him in there. Plus what he did, um, being a conscientious objector and all that stuff with uh, the world around him. Then I got Mike Tyson, probably the biggest like pop culture fighter of all time. Like he just came in, he made a statement. Everyone knows who Mike Tyson is. And a lot of people, it's because he bit an ear off, but a lot of people, it's also because he knocked people unconscious like no one's business. Then I got Rocky Marciano, the zero. Everyone's chasing the zero. I mean, even so much so that the uh, Mayweather's put a stain on, on boxing's history because he's chasing Rocky Marciano. And then my... Last face. This I, I I did more of like a modern era. Here's so where a homage <laughs> to modern the New York Giants. boxing. Did you the Giants? No, <laughs> I have Lennox Lewis with how big uh, boxing is in the UK right now. Uh, he he was the 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 first. I mean, you, you can't have a Joshua or Fury without a Lennox Lewis. So that's why I put him on to, to pay homage to this modern era of heavyweight boxing where it's dominated by the British so far. That's fair. So that's my Mount Rushmore. And, yeah, obviously, like, the, the, the Joe Frazier, like, the, the Joe Lewis's, the Jack Johnsons, the day of a lot. They, they brought a lot. Jack Dempsey. But I, I, I'm the young guy here, so I obviously got to make it so everyone knows. Uh, all, everyone my age is going to know those names. Not a lot of people my age are going to know Jack Dempsey, Jack Johnson, which stinks, which stinks. But you know what really disturbs me? Funny funny you say that because it reminds me it's one of the most disturbing things that happens to me is when they have these top 10, top 20, top 50, top 25 UFC knockouts of all time. And it's all guys from like 2005 and on. Like nobody ever got knocked out before 2000. Sickens me. Greatest football game, greatest quarter. But whenever they do a yeah. greatest list, they pander to the the uh audience that's watching the show which they kind of should do but at the same time you're losing all the integrity in this list you're making um i t- i took this assignment very seriously 
and I was telling Jace. I told Jace before the show. No, listen, I'm I'm actually gonna um my my brother again, the boxing expert, and I put this list together. I'm actually gonna publish this because um I could I could uh, I I have counterpoints to on everybody on this list. Uh, I I I said I want to write the tightest list of all time because write the greatest heavyweights. And the and the Mount Rushmore, I don't think that's the same list. No, yeah, right. And again, it's it's in you know again. I, I you sent out the notes this week, and I looked at it, and I thought, is he asking one question here or two? I'm going to assume it's two because, you know, again, to be a Mount Rushmore, you know, again, a lot of the times I don't have a problem with Lennox Lewis. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, when we did the UFC Mount Rushmore last week, we had some different guys on there um, and for different reasons, right? I mean, I think the guy who puts a sport on the map in any generation or on any continent is certainly worthy of uh, where would we be without that guy? Yeah. So cer- certainly makes sense. But I, 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 you know, Jace, it's funny. I think we have these debates so that we can tell your generation about Jack Dempsey, yeah. about Joe Lewis, you know, so yeah, we, we can, awesome. you know what I mean? Right. Sure. Yeah. To, to go back and, and yeah. to have those conversations, because uh, to me, the worst conversation to have out of here, though, is who's better. Could Mike Tyson knock out Rocky Marciano? Could uh, Evander Holyfield go toe to toe with Jack? De- I mean, it, I literally just this morning was watching. um Lewis and, and Marciano in color, which was kind of neat. And um I didn't I didn't I don't know how they made that happen, but that couldn't have been its original, right? They didn't have that back then. But I was watching it and I thought, I love Marciano I'm watching his fight, and I'm thinking, I don't know, does this style even stand up to today? Probably not. You know, you can't you can't compare generations. I think all you can do is chip your cap to certain ones. Yeah. yeah, you watch guys play basketball from the from the seventies and sixties and fit, and I mean, it looks like just about anybody could keep up with them, right? And I think any, anybody with a with a with an educated enough eye is going to look back in any sport and see that we've narrowed our deficiencies. Yeah, and I, I that that's why I like this idea of a Mount Rushmore because it's. Basically, who has made an impact on the sport, not who would beat who, and so on and so forth. Because this was a lot more comprehensive list than the UFC because there is just so much history around boxing. So I I really like this. This was. Hey, before we move on from who you got, I got a bonus who you got. Jace, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, who you got? Uh, Donald Trump has the size. And. We've seen him in the WWE, so I got to go Donald Trump there. Joe? Um, Man, Trump certainly got the size, no doubt about it. I just feel like Joe Biden looks like he's got a good jab on him. You know what I mean? He seems like the guy that would just stand there and just keep jabbing you. And I don't know, maybe big guy walks into one. I don't know. Be, be, I would pay money Biden to see it, though. Oh, I tell you that. Uh, we got. We got to get that to be the first main event of Scrub Scraps. Where we get back <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking Donald Trump in a in a in a cage match in a UFC match, a MMA style. I'll take Donald Trump because of the size advantage. 
But Joe, having been in the military, I'll take the hand-to-hand combat training. I mean, if they're boxing and he's got some distancing and they're going to be forced to break when they clinch up, give me Joe Biden. All right. I I like that. I like that a lot. But let's get into the previews of (laughs) tonight's fights. Uh, We got in the UFC, live UFC fight night on ESPN2, light heavyweights, Thiago Santos, Takes on Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira training here in Connecticut in Danbury, actually. Uh, what do you think of this fight, Jared? Santos. I like Santos by early knockout. Um, and I don't see it going the distance. Ought to be a good fight. I think I think this oh, – man, these are a couple dangerous guys. Yeah, I like Santos, though. I think I like Santos, and I think it uh, it ends early. I mentioned Santos, uh, obviously, a little bit earlier on. He's guy's 37 years old, 76-inch reach, and he, he uses it really well. Uh, you saw some Capoeira uh, in, in the fight against Blachowicz. Uh, does Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's knocked out eight of his last nine. The only guy he didn't knock out was the split decision loss to John Bones Jones. Uh, he's also the only man ever to win a scorecard over Bones. How about that? Mm-hmm. Santos has knockout power. 15 of the 21 wins come knockout, but uh, most of those were when he was actually at welterweight. Uh, he's got a lot of mixed martial arts, uh, as I mentioned, but he's a banger. I don't understand these guys. I have a black belt, and I'm not going to use it. I just don't I don't understand it. Only for uh, holding my pants up. It's I, I, Again, it's uh, Bush blows my mind. Teixeira is 41. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and guess what? He's going to take you down and use it. That's why he's 41 and he's still in the sport. He's got 18 knockouts, eight submissions. He's good either way. He's got one punch power. He can make you tap. Uh, Great all-around game. When he gets in trouble, and this is what kills me about these Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys who don't, if you you rock him a couple times, he's going to bring you down. He's beaten Quentin Jackson, Ovin St. Pru, Rashard Evans, Jared Kennedy, and Anthony Smith. He's lost to John Jones. He's lost to Alexander Gustafson. Um, Santos also has lost to John Jones, but uh, as I mentioned, knocked out Jan Blachowicz. He's also lost to Uriah Hall, to Jack Hermanson, and I believe uh, that Teixeira will end up on the list of guys who beat Santos. Hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I I do think Teixeira, this fight will definitely go to the ground. Santos, even though he doesn't use it, he does have – credentials in BJJ but the the one determining factor I have here is the fight is going to start standing up and Santos just has that power any one punch any one kick can knock you unconscious and Glover is up there in there age. you guys know Glover's nickname right I like a <laughs> I like a like Teixeira it. you're welcome <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. But also, Diago Santos took the first card off John Jones in that split decision with a torn MCL, torn ACL. Every ligament in his knee and his meniscus was torn. And that's that's just something else. That's just unheard of. But uh, that's going to do it for the UFC. Let's talk some boxing as we got the WCA lightweight champ 
Devin Haney taking on Yoroikis Gamboa on the zone. Jared, what do you expect from this fight? Uh, this Yoroikis Gamboa kid can really fight. He's a great, great boxer. Very, very skilled counterpuncher. And I think uh, Devin Haney will dominate the fight. Um, it's, hmm. it, uh, it's tough to see Haney stopping him. I, this, uh, Haney's a better Tank Davis. You know, this is a guy that's right in that same area, but but he's the real deal. This is, uh, this is I think, a good fight, but I think Haney probably wins uh, nine rounds of a decision. Uh, Gamboa, incidentally, is the only guy that uh, Tank Davis had fought before Santa Cruz, former IBF and WBA featherweight champion, a 2004 Athens uh, gold medalist, which he sold, uh, ended up going to Germany uh, and eventually got himself here to America. It's a fantastic story if you guys don't know it. Uh, he's been fighting here since 2007. Um, he's got a win over Orlando Salado, of course, who beat Loma. Um, he's, he's got some big uh, – he had another big win over Rogers Mtagwa, but he's been a little shaky since um, – a little shaky since, as I said, uh, he got dropped uh, a dozen times um, since then. Uh, also worth noting, uh, Bud Crawford, uh, in his last fight, he went 12 with Trevante Davidson, a loss, even though he blew out his Achilles in the second. I don't know where I get, I'm getting this from. 65-inch um, reach, 5'5", five, five, he's 38 years old. This He should have stayed at, at, uh, at featherweight. Uh, Haney, of course, Mayweather protege, uh, but not... Not pretty boy. He's more moneymaker. It's a lot of two-punch combos. He's 21. He's a 71-inch reach, 15 knockouts. Uh, Uses the shoulder roll like Mayweather with the left hand down. This could be his first real test. I think he passes it with flying colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Davis proved himself. Lopez did. This is uh, Haney's chance, and and he's he's got a good name, uh, but a shop-worn guy for sure. So. Yeah, I expect Haney to get it done, uh, and then hopefully he can set his sights to, uh, it's weird to say, Tiafimo Lopez now, who has all the belts in that division. But uh, this is this should be interesting. I expect Haney to get it done. Expect it to be a good fight, though. But, yeah, Haney is the real deal, and he's got the belt for a reason. But with that being said, we're going to end the show like we always do. My man, Jared, hit us with that flurry. The beginning and the end. On last week's show, I insinuated hugs have more value than anything else on the planet. And I've been questioned about that a few times since. One person even asking me how many people I thought would take a hug if I offered it against a million dollars. So I wanted to ask you guys, Joe and Jace, what would you prefer? A hug or a million dollars if you got to pick? I would take the million dollars. Joe? Yeah, same. Okay, do you think there's anyone who takes the hug? More specifically, is there a certain demographic that would choose the hug over the million dollars? A child? Yeah. Okay, any more? Gold digging whore? <laughs> what's, what's the name of the flurry? Uh, the beginning and the end. So, so yeah, I guess I asked Trinity when she was four Oh, old person. Old. Yeah, about to about to go. 
on their way out. I asked Trinity when she was four years old what she'd do with a million dollars, and she went, I'd buy a bottle of water. I said, a million dollars is a lot of money, Trinity. She said, I'd buy you a bottle of water too, Dad. When my grandfather was 84 years old, he moved into a home, and I went to visit with Trinity and her mother. And while we were there, the lottery drawing came on, and Trinity's mother had a ticket. And as they're reading it, she turns to my grandfather and says, if we win, we're going to come back and split this with you. And my grandfather was whittling something at the time, and he looked up from his project and said, just come back. That's a four-year-old and an 84-year-old who share the same understanding about the value of a million dollars, but for some reason, somewhere along the way, in the middle, we lose that understanding. If I were to give my toddler, Elliot, a hug, I know exactly what he would do with it. He would smile, maybe a little fart or giggle, and he would hug me back, and he would believe just a little bit more in his value as a human being. If I gave Elliot a million dollars, he would try to stick it in his mouth. The beginning and the end. We all remember hide and seek. Uh, The game hide and seek, you would go hide in the darkest and most secluded place, and the idea was that you were unreachable, impossible to find, and, and you were all alone. And then you would wait there, but you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that someone was looking for you. Someone was out there searching for you, trying to find you and bring you out of that dark place, make you feel less alone. And even though they haven't found you yet, they make you feel less alone. When they do find you, they reach out, they touch you. And if only for a moment, you feel connected to another person on the planet. As you guys both well know, I just bought and moved into this house. Uh, Phil Benito is the owner of CSC Services, where I work, and a close personal friend of mine, and he pulled me aside in the office yesterday, and he said to me, I saw that picture of you and your family on Facebook on the front step of your new house. And here's what I imagine that felt like for you. And when he finished talking, I cried because in those few words, he was able to tell me, I care about you. I pay attention to your life. I've been listening when you talk and you're not alone on this planet. And my question is, what's the value of that? I've received a few bonuses from Phil as CSC services, services, but I'd argue that none of those bonuses had nearly the value of that connection. Because when you make a connection like that, When he's able to make a connection like that, he's then sending someone out into the field that believes in their own value as a human being, that believes in their value to the company. I believe in my own ability to be successful on my own. And how important is that? How much more important than money that he could hand me? Don't you think someone who believes in themselves and knows they can believe in the people standing next to them will be happier and more successful in their life based on those connections? What is the value of your happiness? What is the value of your success? If you don't believe in the value of yourself, both happiness and success will ultimately elude you forever and dying in your bed many years from now, with your children and parents standing behind door number one and me and my million dollars standing behind door number two, I promise you, you will take the hug. You will take the hug just like you would have in the beginning. Thank you guys. Thank you. Ooh, that was powerful. I mean, 
This all does go back to Deontay Wilder. He's losing money. He he chose the million dollars over the hug. He he chose the championship over his relationship with his trainer. Got lost in those middle years. Got lost in those middle years. Something we have from birth that we understand. And on our way out, we start to understand it again and we lose it. A la Deontay Wilder. Absolutely. Um, All right. That will do it for today's show. Thank you, Jared and Joe, for joining me. And as always, this show is brought to you by Clovercrest Media Group. If you are interested in starting your own podcast or if you're just bored and need a podcast to listen to, go to clovercrestmedia.com. All 30 different podcasts for you to pick from or be the 31st and make your own. Uh, Clovercrestmedia.com. And that is going to do it for Throwing Jabs this week. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Joe. And I'm Jace Garcia. And we hope to see you next time. Take care and enjoy the fights. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. 